Uh, I did 20 years of straight commission sales. My last Ooh. career, right. <laughs> my, my, for all the way from door knocking HVACs to selling multi-million dollar projects, right? Um, but my last career was with a sales training organization and supposedly I was the top sales trainer in the country. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Donnie Bovine is a highly acclaimed entrepreneur, CEO, and founder of Success Champion Networking. He is also a five-time best-selling author and recognized as a leading authority on sales, business, development, and growth. Donnie is passionate about building champions and empowering small business owners to achieve success. Through Success Champion Network, Badass Business Summit, Champions Table Masterminds, and Champions 90s Challenge, he provides the tools, resources, and support necessary for entrepreneurs to grow and scale their businesses. His expertise and commitment to helping others has earned him a reputation as a trusted advisor and a sought-after speaker. Let's join the conversation. Donnie, 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 welcome to the You Are Buzzworthy podcast. Hey, what's going on, brother? Man, I'm telling you, hanging out with you already, I'm stoked. This is going to be a hell of a conversation, brother. Well, yeah. Well, I think we we have so much in common. Like, So in the green room for everybody that uh, – I guess I should start recording the green room, right? Right. Like, just, like, like, <laughs> there's some really like, good nuggets that happen there. Yeah, yeah, there are. So both of us, entrepreneur, long-time entrepreneurs, um, and then both of us crashing and burning, and both of us – like phoenixes coming back out, which is funny because I actually went to the University of Phoenix. So maybe that's- I actually have a phoenix tattooed on my forearm, so we're good. There we go. <laughs> so uh, everybody's heard my, my, my roller coaster story, but you have a doozy of a roller coaster story. So I want to start the show and I rarely do this. Like I'll let you know, Donnie, I do not let my guests talk about their past. Like <laughs> I want, <laughs> so, but yours is such a cool story. I want people to, to hear it. Because so many entrepreneurs have started, maybe not at the scale of what you're talking about, but this is how they got going. And they ran into a lot of the problems you've ran into. So I want them to hear this first, and then we'll get into how we became Phoenixes. Love it. Love it. So uh, I did 20 years of straight commission sales. My last Ooh. career, right, <laughs> my... my all the way from door knocking HVACs to selling multi-million dollar projects, right? Um, but my last career was with a sales training organization and supposedly I was the top sales trainer in the country. I'm not really sure what that means other than I'm really good at flapping my gums in front of a room. Uh, so uh, hit a point in business when I realized I'd always been somebody else's retirement plan and was 40 years old and was like, okay, it's time to do my own adventure. So I decided to launch my company. When I do leave the training company and launch mine, mm -hmm. I didn't remember signing a non-compete. And I had two attorneys show up on my farm and with a sheriff and serve me my non-compete papers. So I couldn't talk about sales, business development, sales training, or sales management anywhere in the world. Well, why did you want to leave that job? I mean, you said like you're somebody's retirement, but what, what triggered that? Yeah, I love thought? you. That's the question. So I had picked up partner in that training firm and was going to retire being that company and went out to dinner with my then business partner. And okay. during that dinner, he looked at me and said, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. You're right. Wow, he just said that point blank. Ouch. He was totally saying it out of love, right? You know, he was he, he was really trying to thank me for all the years and everything that I'd done and the millions of dollars I'd sold and, and the likes. Mm -hmm. 
he just chose a really, really bad choice of words. <laughs> you know? That is a bad choice of words. So, I mean, but as soon as he told me, I was like, dude, it's been my honor. I love the guy. We're still great friends. Um, right. You know, it's just after that dinner, I sat in my truck. And I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You're literally somebody else's retirement plan. And mm. I looked over my entire life, and that's all I'd ever been was somebody else's retirement plan. Mm-hmm. So that's, but now, that's true for so many uh, budding entrepreneurs, right? They, they're transitioning from the nine to five to the 24 seven, 365. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I was cocky enough to think, okay, I got a non-compete. I'm a sales guy. I can sell. So mm-hmm. surely running a business is just being a sales guy. I got this. So, <laughs> right. We all know where this is going. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you're a sales guy and you spent your entire life learning sales, you know you got to invest in yourself to to figure this thing out, dude. So I started hiring coaches, doing courses, reading books about how to build a business. But I started my company as a success coach. And Buzz, mm. I to this day have no damn clue what the hell a success coach is. <laughs> I can tell you for sure it is some sort of business whore that just says yes to anything. <laughs> and so my first year of business was a series of doing odd, crazy jobs that anything I could do. I did coaching. I did video work. I, I mean, you name it. I was doing it. <laughs> um, six months and about a half a million dollars later, woo, my wife asleep. Six months? Six months. And that's how much I was spending on coaching and marketing and everything, trying to figure this out. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I have to ask. How many masterminds were you at, in at the same time? Too many. Too many. <laughs> and I can tell you, there's a lot of really shitty masterminds out there and a lot of dudes that have not done anything that are running masterminds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a lot of them. Um, <laughs> a lot of them. I, but, I found that if you if they don't have a really bad down Yes, uh, <laughs> a downturn in their life. Like they never talk about how they failed. They're a bad coach and they're a bad mastermind. Well, and I would add in there, if anybody's looking for a mastermind, the first question you need to ask them is, can you introduce me to somebody that was in your mastermind that it didn't work for? Ooh, and I found that is one hell of a qualification because it's instantly you scare off the, the ones that aren't doing anything or haven't done anything because nobody's a hundred percent hit rate, right? Nobody's right. like, so if they can't look at you and say, well, let me introduce you to so-and-so, they'll tell you why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you know you're not dealing with somebody who's actually done enough to screw it up. Right. So Love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. But uh, it was about the six-month mark. My wife sleep upstairs. I walk out the backside of my farm, and her Jeep's missing. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I call the police, and I'm like, hey, I think somebody stole my wife's Jeep. And they're like, no, sir. It's been repossessed. And I realized I was going to have to walk into the house and tell my wife the rest of the story, Oof. which was at that point. Now I'd blown all of our cash. I drained my 401k mm. and we had gotten our first notice that they may foreclose on the farm. Mm. So my wife had to go in on Monday morning and cash in her 401k. And this was our last, it was the only last bit of cash we had was her 401k. She got her Jeep back. She brought the house current and we were flat, no money anywhere else. She mm. looked at me and said, get off your ass and go sell something. For me, what I'd realized growing up those 20 years of straight commission sales, even though I was straight commission, I never understood that people were actually telling me what to do my entire journey. And now I was in a position where nobody was telling me what to do. And I had no idea what a CEO or a business owner was supposed to be doing. Mm. So you knew how to get them in the door, 
but you didn't understand the fulfillment side of business operation. Yeah. All that. So I had such a churn. Um, we couldn't keep money. I had clients that were pissed and complaining mm. and you know, it was just this huge mess of stuff. And you were a solopreneur. Yep. I'm yep. hearing. Yep. That's what I'm hearing there. Okay, cool. I, yep. I think it's really important for people to hear, you know, when you're trying to do it on your own, how hard it is to be both of those sides of yes. the business. Yes. You can do it. Oh, yeah. but you, yeah. but but you have to decide you want to be a solopreneur and not build a company. It's a right. massive mental shift, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a it's a lifestyle. Is yeah. what I tell. Like, you want a lifestyle business to where you only have a handful of clients that you have to keep happy so that you have the bandwidth. That's a great way of saying to, it to run both of those? Or did you want to build something bigger than yourself? Yep. Yep. No, that's a great perspective. Great way of saying that. So uh, I started getting out and selling and a buddy of mine threw me a bone and he mm -hmm. said, dude, I have this event, 400 people. Would you come speak at the event? I'm still under my non-compete. And I'm like, I can't, I can't speak about sales. I can't talk about training. He goes, just come tell your story. You're not talking about sales. I just want them to hear your story of sales because I've done some pretty cool things in the sales arena. And so I did it. Afterwards, a guy walks up to me and goes, man, I love your energy. I love your drive. Would you come tell your story on my podcast? And I said, cool. What the hell is a podcast? <laughs> this is April of 2018. Uh, and he's like, it's like a morning talk show. You've got to come on there. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. Right. So I go on there. The show airs. Two days after the show airs, one of its listeners reach out and becomes a client. I'm like, wait. There's something to this podcasting thing. You can go guest on shows and find business. Hold my beer and watch this. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's how I got into podcasting, and that's how I launched my first show. Nice. So, um, and then I love to tell everybody that podcasting would ultimately save my business. Yeah, I love it. It's it, podcasting is one of those. There, so many people talk about. Well, everybody has a podcast nowadays, and I was like, <laughs> well. There's a lot of people who say they have a podcast. Well, th there's a lot of people that record a Zoom conversation, upload <laughs> to a host, and claim to have a podcast. It's <laughs> a true statement. That it really is. I mean, for me, I didn't, and and not everybody has to be a host to make money. Oh, absolutely. And feed their feed their business. I tell people all the time. I was just in. Um, I'm a a mentor for Warrior Rising. So we help veterans, uh, so veterans who are transitioning to entrepreneurship, I, we, we help them. So I was in this room about podcasting. So this is an awesome, uh, awesome conversation today. And we were talking about the fact like you don't have to host. Like the easiest thing to do is be a guest. Yes. You show up, you give, 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 give. And then when you're tired of giving, give a little bit more, give until they tell you to stop and then give some more. And then, oh. that, and then you go on with the rest of your day. Because you're, you're the most you're going to be on that call is like an hour. So if you just give that, you're going to give so much there. Guess what? You can take everything you have that, that you gave right there. You, you're going to ask for it back in the form of a video with your host. And you're going to be able to use that for all your own stuff. Yep. And they're doing all the work. Right. Ooh, I want to, and there's one more magic level to that, that I want people to hear about podcast guesting. Bring what it. people don't understand is most people don't actually know how to tell their story. They don't know how to tell people their journey. When you go on a podcast, you get asked, you know, what's your story? How'd you get there? Right. In these same questions, what the people need to do is every time the host leans in, that's mm -hmm. a moment, mm -hmm. right? You need to remember that moment because that's a key integral part of your story. So as yes. you go on the next podcast, you're like, Ooh, I got to remember to bring this into it and you get right. better and better and better. And then you become this magician of being able to tell your story and getting mm -hmm. people to really lean into you.
I love it. Um, it's 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 a cool way to freaking do it. So this, I want I want to ask this question: When you got when you were on that first show, that you got that call, mm-hmm. okay, which is not common. Just so no, everybody's no, hearing. No, if you've never no. been on a show, I was probably on thirty shows before I actually got a call. Right. <laughs> It just was, it was the shows that were on just didn't have a, a big I was, audience. I was right? getting good at what I was doing. Right. Yep. You're going to suck when you start. Right. But how much did you actually pitch or did you get to pitch anything on that show? Nothing. Nothing. It was just my story and my journey. Right. 100%. So hundred percent. I didn't even, I didn't even know I had an offer. I was supposed to have an offer or anything on there. <laughs> you know, so well, that's guy, actually better. It's right. better not to have an offer. <laughs> the host at the end, he was like, so how do people get in touch with you? I'm like, oh, well, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You know, I yeah. do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm like giving them 40 things, you know, <laughs> of where they could go. And uh, what, I yeah. mean, it was to work because, you know, one guy yeah. got through. But yeah, well, and, I, you know, I think that that's like, so I'm going to put up your uh, champions90.com here. Um, I think that it's really good to have that one point of entry. Right. Regardless yes, of where, yes. where you're at, or if you have one point of entry, depending on your topic. So, you know, for me, I am either called in about my book, the rule 26. So it's like, okay, here's our, our, our uh, rule of two, com. That's all I give them. Yep. Right. If they're interested in that and that I should have that funnel working for itself on itself, yep. giving every, all of the things just confuses people. And saying, you know, here's here's a hundred links in the comments. It's like, yeah, just give them one or two. And if it's the social media is different, like because everybody has their channel, they're going to see their channel. They're going to go, oh, you're on YouTube, great, boom, yeah, go consume Donnie on YouTube. And Donnie's going to have call to actions in YouTube somewhere if he do if he's doing it right to get you further into his funnel. Boom, well, done. And- and, and, and add on to that is most people try and do all the social media. Look, yeah, true. you need to pick one and get freaking really good on that platform. There's a, a gal that I follow on LinkedIn named Leah Turner that I love, and she did this so brilliantly. She built a following up of 200,000 people on LinkedIn mm-hmm. before she decided to go to another platform. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she went to Instagram... Mm-hmm. All the LinkedIn people came along for the ride. Exactly. So she instantly had a monster account. Right. People spread themselves so damn thin out there. Get right. get singular focused and dominate on that platform before you worry about all the rest. I think that's, that's a very good um, way of looking at it. And another, uh, if you're already on a couple, so like I've over the years, you know, I was on Facebook to start with, right? And I have a lot of followers there, but they're mostly family, friends, and and business because that's, I was an, yep. an early entrepreneur. That's all I was. It was yep. buzz and buzz biz. And that was it. Like if, if you knew buzz, you knew he, he had a business. But then as I got into LinkedIn, that one took me a little longer to get into. But once I got into it, that's where actually most of my followers are. It's where I spend the most of my time talking about what I have to offer the world professionally. Now, what I do is simulcast what I'm doing on LinkedIn, though, even though it's not good for the algorithms, I don't care. Anybody who trips over me in those or wants to follow me there because they heard me on a podcast. And it's like, listen, I'm just going to give you the same information no matter where you want just so you know, you don't have to follow me on all of the stations, right? So, and I say stations, <laughs> there's my old radio background there, <laughs> all of the channels, right? But, but now like, as I'm getting past the 10,000 mark in on LinkedIn, it's like, okay, when do I, right? And just like you said, 200,000, that's huge following. I bet you that's enough just by itself. Yeah. You know, so it's, and I think that people get so sucked into, oh, I got to make sure that I make this algorithm happy. And then this algorithm happy. And there's no guys, just like, just like Donnie said, 
make the one channel you love your home. And then the rest of it's just a, a, is a rebroadcasting of whatever you're doing there. Well, Done, just make it your, super simple. Your, your audience to yell at me. All your broke people are on Facebook. All your people with money are on LinkedIn. You know, um, I tell this to vet, you know, veterans all the time, former jarhead myself, and, and freaking, I tell them all the time, if you want to go deal with a bunch of broke veterans, go play on Facebook. If you want to go after yeah. veterans that are actually doing something with their life, go mm-hmm. play on LinkedIn. It's 100%. I mean, it's 100%. Just that way. Yeah. And then, you know, and I think that, you know, Facebook and podcasting are a really good, you know, they're conduits to each other. Right. So if you don't have a strong like sales funnel or, you know, website that like just does its job, like you haven't hired a digital marketer to help you get that story that you're telling really well on a podcast, maybe even telling really well on social media, you just haven't translated into website talk. Right. Then utilize that social media channel to get them to know you so that no matter what they find on the website, they're still a buyer. Right. And I have, I mean, I've been lucky enough to where I have fans where we're about to start an intensive helping people uh, differentiate the difference between growth and sale of their uh, uh, growth and scale with a service-based business. Right. I'm just going out there doing market research. Define growth, then define scale. Exactly. Most people fuck this. Excuse me. Screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what the intensive is about because I did it. I, I, what I, I tried to do the same thing. Once I hit a million, my first million, I try to just do more of the same thing to get me to my second million. <laughs> and I grew the darn thing broke. Yep. And there's a hundred thousand businesses are doing that today. Yep. So I was like, you know what? This is the only way to do it is I got to get these people in a room and show them the difference between yep. what it looks like to have a million dollar company and multi-million dollar company. So, but I didn't start a website yet. I haven't built the website. And I've already sold probably three or four of those seats because of my social media connections, because of my fanhood. You don't have to make it complicated, people. And in and, and this day and age, the strongest thing you need to build is your personal brand. 100%. And I, I explain it to people all the time. I'm like, go back to my sales days. If I left a company, the company didn't own those clients. I did. I had the relationships. I had all everything. So non-competes be damned. Eventually, all of my clients are going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. You know? And so when you think about it from your perspective of your personal brand in your marketplace, and your personal brand is what everybody says when you're not in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not out there telling stories and building your personal brand, right, you're not massing a following of people that are into your original thought. And mm-hmm. that's the thing people screw up is they don't have original thought. They regurgitate everybody people's crap right so when you build Enter a chat gpt yes <laughs> <laughs> or just watch gary v put out a freaking video and then watch oh. all the other asshats just do the same thing that he just posted right oh you're uh, 68 pieces of content per day <laughs> <laughs> exactly right exactly right so but you know putting out the content building this following now just like you just said you put out a book, you put out a course, you put out something, you just start talking about it. People automatically raise their hand and set them in because they're already into you and what you do and you have the trust factor. And if they, especially if you've had a podcast and you get a following, now they're like, okay, I trust this guy. It's like mm-hmm. Joe Rogan mentioning any damn company mm-hmm. and whether you like him or not, his following is going to go, whoop, we need that. Right. You know, because he's got so much trust built up with that audience and the like. So, 100%. Like you were talking about your friend with the 200,000 followers right there. Now, LinkedIn is not the most engaged audience. Nope. But when you have 200,000 of them, there's enough of them listening at any given time. So if you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. And and if you're a B2B, 
you know, and when we go back to podcasts, it doesn't matter where you're at, just be in front of the right audience. Yep. Right. That's, that's the biggest thing people ask. You're like, well, what podcast should I be on? And I'm just like, well, what do you sell? Well, I sell uh, heating equipment for remote. Uh, what was it? I was talking to a gentleman yesterday. He sells, yeah, heating equipment for remote living. Like, so you're looking at preppers, you're looking at people who have a second, third home out in the woods or on a, on a river somewhere where there's not electricity and all these other said, yep, that's it. Says, well, go find the people who are talking to those people. They're yeah. usually going to be, they're going to be wealthy they're, or they're going to be hunters, fishing, fishermen, those, those types of people. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I get that. Like people try to overcomplicate this process so badly. Well, and I had somebody add me do this trick one time, and I thought it was really, really smart. She's like, Google your name and then click on images. Mm. And it was a fascinating thing because when I first did this, I was like a year in business, maybe a little bit longer. And it was like one picture. It was like my LinkedIn profile, then all these other random people. Uh-huh. Podcast in itself will fix that. The more shows you get on, the more backlinks and everything you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And every time that headshot pops up, next time you do a Google search of your name and click on images, you're going to fill that thing. And now I, you know, I, I go check every once in a while because I'm always curious. And it's like mm-hmm. six rows, my name and pictures, you know, or I mean Beautiful. six pages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another way to just get your brand out there and then get all a bunch of cool backlinks to your websites and stuff. Oh, definitely. I mean, the SEO for podcasting mm. is ridiculous, right? Um, the people just don't realize that just showing up is enough. And if you give them the website that you want people to land on as the, you know, like this one right here, you've got the champion, uh, champions90.com, right? For yep. your stuff. They're going to get in there. Guess every time you're on a show like mine, you're getting more juice. Google's like, oh, there's another show, yep. right? And I get a lot of traffic to my podcast website. So that means I've got a high domain authority means that you're, that link back to you is telling Google, oh, Buzzworthy likes Donnie too. Oh, well, then we like Donnie as well. So it's, yep. it, that, it's automatic SEO. And it's one of the hardest SEOs to do, which is backlink building, which you were talking yep. about. So the, the flip of the switch right for you was actually stumbling into it yep how can we help people right now get that switch without stumbling around in the dark so the day i told my wife that uh, we were about to lose everything that night i walked up into my bathroom and i looked myself in the mirror And I tried to say the words, I love you. That just felt too weird. Um, So I couldn't do it. So I flipped it and I said the words, I'm proud of you. And when I did that, I instantly said, no, I'm not. And I was like, what am I not proud of? And I wasn't proud that I wasn't out doing the sales, the right outreach. I wasn't trying to build a business. I was actually creating a really crappy job for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, cool. That's the thing I got to go fix. That's the thing I got to go work on. So I started doing better outreach. I started looking at processes and systems. And that's where podcasts came into play because it taught me process and systems, taught me how to outsource, taught me how to hire and the likes. So what I did from that day forward is every day I'd go to the mirror. I'd look myself dead in the eye and say, I'm proud of you. And whatever popped up became the thing I either had to go fix or work on. Because that was a thing because you can only lie to yourself for so long. You know what you don't freaking like. You know what you're not doing. And it's the best way to hold yourself personally accountable to whatever you're doing. The fascinating thing is as I kept going to the mirror and fixing things and getting better at the different things, one day I went to the mirror after I turned the companies around and said, I'm proud of you and said, no, you're not because you're not being a great husband. 
I was not holding up my end of the bargain. I was all in the company and not spending any time with her, right? She's a ride or die, and I was not giving her the freaking time she deserved. So now I had to figure out, okay, how do I run a successful business and take care of my wife? So we instituted things like farm days, like every Thursday at noon, I shut down the businesses and we go work on the farm. And, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, we work up to a certain time and I shut off the companies and we go do whatever. So every time you're in a place where you're like, I don't know the next move, I don't know the next step, the next place, the next thing I need to do, go to the mirror. Because as soon as you say, I'm proud of you, it's going to pop up and you're going to know exactly what you either need to go fix or go, go work on. It's freaking magical. What are you avoiding to fix in your business? Are you building a business or just a job you own? Let's stop lying to ourselves. Let's start holding ourselves accountable and keep ourselves present for what really matters. I know it has taken me a long time to do what Donnie and I talked about today, and we both still struggle. There isn't a switch you can just flip to make it all immediately better. Remember, this is a journey that will continually test how bad you want entrepreneurial freedom. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So be diligent, keep focused, and stay buzzworthy.